Hi, this is Manton Reese, M-A-N-T-O-N dot O-R-G. This recording is called Trains. It's August 30th, 2005. Earlier this year, my family and I took an Amtrak up to Chicago. It was the first time I've ridden a train in this country since I made the same trip as a kid when I was about 10 years old. And really, not much has changed since then. Gentlemen, so if you'll have your ticket and a photo ID out, we would certainly appreciate it. It'll make collecting your tickets go a whole lot faster. Once your ticket has been collected, you can move about the train. When I was growing up, I loved trains. I had a model train that took up most of my bedroom. I still think of it today every time I pass the hobby shop where I used to buy tracks and extra kits to make trees and tunnels and other miniature props. Even younger, I pretended to be a train chugging around the playground. I think my dad used to work switching cars in the rail yards in Fort Worth, but that was long before I was born. Maybe some of that rubbed off on me. I also loved animation, drawing, cartooning. I'd take a stack of post-it notepads or index cards, make flipbooks all day, long before I knew what straight-ahead animation meant or how many frames were in a second of film. It wasn't until later that I noticed the apparent connection between animation and trains. On this podcast, we'll explore some of the artists who had trains as part of their lives. And who better to start with than Walt Disney and Disneyland? Well, the walls were a screen, just like I did down my canyon. Uh, in fact, that's where I started it. See, I built that bank up in the canyon, so when I was down there playing with my trains, my neighbors wouldn't be annoyed. But they just, when I get the trees, you don't feel it. You're, you don't see the city. And I, I... You're riding aboard a Mark III monorail, an advanced design of the first daily operating monorail system in the Western Hemisphere, first introduced right here at Disneyland. We're gliding along our two-and-a-half-mile highway in the sky, en route to the Disneyland Hotel, our next stop. We're cruising at 30 miles per hour alongside Harbor Boulevard, probably the road you used to enter Disneyland. You know when Disneyland... Walt Disney grew up in the Midwest, and he lived near some tracks and had an uncle that worked for the railroad. Walt himself worked a summer job for the railroad, too. As the story goes, it was on a train ride west that he developed Mickey Mouse. Walt Disney's love for trains can be seen all through his work, from short films to Disneyland itself. Let's listen to a song from Dumbo, his fifth feature film. All aboard! All aboard! All aboard! Let's go! Coming down the track, coming down the track with a smoky stack. 
I just recently realized another piece of the puzzle, reading uh, The Caboose Who Got Loose. I remember this book from my childhood, and when I rediscovered it for my own children, I was only half surprised to see that I now recognize the author's name. Bill Pete was a story man at Disney in the early days, contributing heavily to Dumbo and other films. The train scene in Dumbo was animated by Ward Kimball, one of Disney's nine old men. It's a fun piece of animation, very cartoony, and it feels like it belongs in an older Disney short, almost, before the push for realism in the features. Ward Kimball passed away a couple of years ago. Like Walt, he had large-scale trains in his backyard. Ollie Johnston, another of the nine old men, and the last remaining animators from the great uh, first golden age at Disney, also had his own trains. Here's Walt again, introducing Ollie Johnston. Millions of people enjoy various hobbies, and among the largest of these groups are the model railroad enthusiasts. In the United States alone, there are about six million people who build and operate these scale model railroads. And here at the studio, there's several of us who haven't escaped the bug. One of our key animators, Ollie Johnston, is one of these backyard hobbyists. After sitting at the drawing board all day, Ollie finds great relaxation on weekends gathering the fellow hobbyists in the backyard of his Flintridge home. Ollie estimates that it took over 4,000 hours to build his model steam engine, patterned after the Baltimore and Ohio. There's a great scene in The Iron Giant, Brad Bird's first feature film before The Incredibles. The two train engineers near the end of the film are Ollie Johnston and Frank Thomas. It was Brad Bird's way of paying tribute to his mentors, and when you know something of their love for trains, you can't help but just smile at how appropriate the scene is. Let's listen to a couple pieces of that scene from The Iron Giant. You can't follow me home, okay? Let's go! What happened here? Go on. Tell them what you saw, Frank. You're not gonna believe this, but uh, it was a giant metal man. If you have the Incredibles DVD, there's even a hidden clip that shows Frank and Ollie's feedback to Brad early on in development of the Incredibles. I'll link to how to access it from the main blog post. 
Hayao Miyazaki. There are a few things you can count on in a Miyazaki film. Uh, opening clouds, uh, some kind of flying, and usually a train. In Kiki's Delivery Service, which I'm talking over right now, it's a perfectly Miyazaki moment, transitioning from one sequence to another, and you hear the steady rhythm of the train, and the animation is very limited, only exactly what it needs to be. It's beautiful stuff, and he doesn't hit you over the head with it. Wow! Gigi, you've got to come see the ocean. It's beautiful. Big deal. Just a big puddle of water. Look! Up ahead! Mm-hmm. And this would be interesting because... It's a city floating on waves. Isn't it wonderful? It's all right, I guess. How lovely. I wonder if they have a witch there. Oh, great. Ready? Set? Go! So for some reason animators and trains seem to go together. Jan Erik Nystrom is an animator from Finland who has documented this curiosity on his website. I'll include a link to his site from the main weblog post for this podcast. As if all these coincidences weren't enough, he also used to write Mac software. I'm sure an argument could be made that of all the animators out there, only a small percentage are trained fans. Maybe it's just human nature to see relationships where there aren't any. But I like to believe it's something more than that. Perhaps animators and trained fans share something deeper in their desire to create worlds. The illusion of life. That's it for today. Thanks for listening.